This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. Today's sermon is simply entitled, The Old Man Versus the New Man. And I would put a question mark at the end of that. The old man versus the new man with a question mark. In the previous three weeks, we have walked through a thorough definition of the gospel. In that sermon, we made sure we understand what the gospel was, what the gospel was not, and then what were the implications of the gospel moving forward. For the previous two weeks, we have taken a deep dive and somewhat of a philosophical study on the subject of identity the last two weeks. And we spoke of um, the three basic identity structures that are in place, two of them um, in our secular world as a traditional structure and then a modern structure. And depending on your upbringing and how you are wired, you may find yourself in one or both of those from time to time. I would encourage you if you um, didn't, if you were not able to be here for either one of those, please go back and watch or listen to those. If you were only able to be here two weeks ago and you missed last Sunday, please go back and listen to last Sunday. I tried to clarify a couple of things um, from the previous sermon. But that identity, the true identity as followers of Christ, as followers of Jesus, should be a gospel identity, an identity where Jesus is the true center of it all, the hub of it all, where all the spokes and other factors of our lives, our ethnicity, our physical makeup, our family history, our marriage, our education, our political leanings, they simply take their place. And by the way, they have a place, but they take their rightful place in our lives in comparison to Jesus. There's absolutely nothing wrong with valuing some of those things, but they must take their rightful place in our lives and we spoke of that the last two weeks so I would say that I am not just a pastor that is not primarily who I am I am a child of God and a follower of Christ who holds the temporary role as pastor of this awesome church Uh, you are not primarily a mother or father you are primarily a child of God and a follower of Jesus this morning who has been given the temporary role of raising your children for the glory of God. And we must understand that. Our primary identity cannot be in what we do for a living, because we talked about how that's going to go away at some point in time. It cannot even be in someone that we married, because God forbid, but what will that person do for us as they stare up at us from a casket? It cannot be in our children, for one day our children will grow up and leave us. Sometimes stay close, sometimes stay far, sometimes obey, and sometimes disobey. I wouldn't know anything about that as a parent or a child, Uh, but anyway. But if we root ourselves and our identities in those temporary roles that we play, we will find ourselves on an emotional, spiritual roller coaster. We'll find ourselves on an emotional roller coaster, period, because when those things are taken from us or pulled back from us, uh, we don't know how to handle that. Today we're going to move back into more of a theological mindset, praise the Lord. 
as we approach what I believe is an extremely important truth as it relates to identity. This truth, I will say within the last five to six years, um, has changed my life. Uh, It took root in my heart and my life as I studied and was actually in a study group with other uh, people and we worked through this and it changed me. Um, I have prayed throughout this week that uh, hopefully something that I say today will take root in your heart and your life and change you. Um, and, I, and what I mean is maybe spark an interest, maybe spark a, I want to study this deeper, I want this to be in my life. And while some people may say, and you'll understand this as we preach through this this morning, that what we talk about today is merely semantics, I believe it is much more than merely semantics. 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 Sermon, semantics. It's the South. We can say whatever we want. (laughs) Many uh, Bible-believing theologians this morning teach that man is comprised of three elements. Their body, their soul, and their spirit. And when, when regeneration takes place, your soul is immediately regenerated and it is heaven bound and ready to go. Your spirit, which is another name for your nature, is put to death and given the Holy Spirit, um, regenerated and given the Holy Spirit. And then we are left to deal with our bodies, which we will war with for the remainder of our time here on this earth. There's another viewpoint that says man is comprised of two main elements the inner man and the outer man, but that doesn't necessarily change the argument that we just made. The inner man would be completely regenerated, but the outer man would be at war with us until we receive our glorified bodies one day when we get to heaven. I believe that's a pretty basic understanding of how we operate. We believe that we are regenerated, uh, but that we still deal with the elements in our lives of this body, as the Bible calls it, I would argue this morning that the, that body part, part is still um, speaking of even your brain at times um, and ideas, and we'll get to that later, but we still deal with our bodies. So whether you're a two main elements person or a three main elements person, uh, we believe that the inner man was regenerated and the outer man uh, is left until we're glorified. So with that as our baseline this morning, Uh, We're going to pray and get into this topic, the old man versus the new man. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, illuminate your scripture and your word to us, God, as we dive into three different passages today. God, I pray that you would make it very clear, God, that my heart would come through today, that that everyone in attendance would understand my my passion for this. And God, I believe your passion for this um, as shown in your word. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Growing up um, in church as a pastor's son, I heard a lot of different preaching, and um, I heard an illustration similar to this several different times uh, growing up, and the illustration went something like this. There are two dogs inside of you that are fighting and warring against one another. One of them is your old nature, and one of them is your new nature. And whichever dog you feed the most wins. Has anyone ever heard an illustration something similar to that? Raise your hand if you have. Man, all y'all churchy people. Anyway, 
I guess it, would, it, it could work in like business too, you know. It's it kind of a universal um, illustration, but there are two dogs, one on the shoulder, the other on the shoulder. Whichever one you feed the most is louder, and it wins. There's two dogs warring on the inside of you. Whichever one you feed the most devours the other dog, and it wins. And may I present the problem with that illustration today, and we're going to walk into what we're talking about this morning. The problem with that illustration is that illustration views the old man or the old nature as still living and at least possibly as powerful as the new man or the new nature. Does everybody follow that? That illustration leads us to believe that the old man, the old nature, is still alive and that it is at least possibly as powerful as the new nature because whichever one you feed wins let's see what scripture has to say please stay with me today when we get to the end I'm going to share with you how this changed my life it wasn't direct it was a result of what I'm teaching today and I want to share it with you as 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 our final thought today but first of all, Scripture tells us this. Number one, Scripture tells us that the old man is dead. That the old man is dead. We're going to be in Romans. If you have your Bibles, I really do want you to turn there. If you have an app, turn there. If not, it will be on the screen. I get that. <clears throat> but this, the, these are verses, in my opinion, that we're going to go over today. These are verses that I would like underline or highlight or or, or whatever, because these are verses that I, I come back to. Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. Oh my goodness. I could live there. Romans chapter 6 and verse 4 says this Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. I'd like to read this together again, and I've added some wording to help us understand it a little bit better. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life, new nature. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man, our old nature, was crucified with him. That the body of sin, this old nature, might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Possibly four of the most important verses of Scripture for any follower of Jesus. We're going to give you some more of what I believe are the most important ones in just a minute. 
But this old nature or the old man, those are synonymous as we speak today. And I will refer to both of them. But the old nature or the old man is characterized this morning by his father, Adam. Adam, we all know, was wrecked by sin and existed in a state of sinful fallenness and moral depravity. Our old man, Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 tells us, was given to us by Adam. All, all men, death passed upon all men from Adam. This is a crucial truth that you and I need to understand about what happened to us when we became a follower of Jesus. When we believed on the name of the Son of God for salvation. This is what happened. Our old nature died. Us at the spirit level, who we are at our core, our sinful nature, it died when we received Jesus Christ. The spirit of Adam inside of us, the sinful spirit inside of us, died. The spirit of the sinful, fallen, and morally depraved died inside of us. This spirit was not merely demoted, or this nature was not merely demoted to the lowest level in our lives. No, it, it died. It was killed. The old nature that convinced you to sin and sin and sin, that old nature died. That old nature that told you that your sin wasn't a big deal, that old nature died that old nature that would allow you to live a life in defilement with sin without even feeling any sort of conviction or remorse that's that nature that spirit inside of you that old man died died Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 20 verse 20 tells us who he is addressing but you have not so learned Christ He's speaking to some of those that were there connected even to the Ephesian church that had not yet taken that step of faith. And he says, indeed, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So when you hear him and you're taught by him, you'll understand. What is it? Verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And you are renewed, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Remember, Paul was speaking here about those who had yet to learn Christ, those who had yet uh, to believe in Christ, to learn Christ. And he gives a pretty clear expectation of what happens once you have heard him and you have been taught by him. Your old man is put off, and the new man will be put on. The word literally implies taking off a coat or a garment and putting on a new coat or a new garment this morning. The old man is gone and the new man has come. That is what the verse and the passage is speaking of. But let's look at one more passage just for clarification. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8. By the way, our connect groups are in Colossians. If you're not in one, Please see me afterwards, and I need to get you in one. This has been the best study that we've done so far. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Verse 9, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor 
uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but Christ is all in all. Verse 9, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, that is salvation. This letter to the church at Colossae, Paul is explaining and instructing the believers in the salvation process and what happens as a result and what happened at that transaction. So the key that we need to understand for our first point this morning is that the old man, the old nature, who we were, has died. It has been crucified that the old man is dead. We must understand that key truth today as we move forward uh, with our study. So number one, the old man is dead. Number two this morning, let us see that the new man is eternally alive. The new man is eternally alive. Our old nature or our old man, we said earlier, is characterized by his father, Adam. And Adam, we all know, was wrecked by sin, and he existed in a state of sinful fallenness and moral deprav depravity. On the flip side, our new nature, or our new man, is characterized by his father, Jesus. And Jesus lived in victory over sinful fallenness and over moral depravity. He died on the cross to pay for those sins and he rose again in victory to give us abundant life in him. You see, our old man was of his father, Adam. The new man is of his father, Jesus. Jesus. This great transaction was made at salvation. The old man was crucified and he was killed and the new man became alive. And let's see what that looks like this morning. We're going to go right back into a couple of these verses of scriptures. Uh, Romans chapter 6, we're back there. Beginning in verse 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. New nature. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, old nature, but alive to God, new nature, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24 and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Back in Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free. But Christ is all in all. New man, new nature. When you received Christ this morning, uh, you did not turn into a new and improved version of your old self. When you received Christ this morning, you didn't just go from bad to a little bit better. When you received Jesus Christ this morning, you literally became... A new person, a new man, a new woman. You received a new nature. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says it this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. New. This is that new identity that we're, we've spoke about the last two Sundays. This is that gospel identity that we are no longer a result of those sinful fallen factors in our lives, but we are now living as a result of Jesus Christ and his righteousness paid on Calvary. But that creates an identity, uh, an identity issue for me. And this was my struggle. Doesn't mean the sermon's done. It's getting there, though. This is where I struggled, and this was where my identity issues came in. Even with my new nature, you ready? I'm getting down here where you live, where we all live. Even with my new nature, the brand new me, the one whose old sinful nature was crucified and was, was gone. And that new nature that I was given, a brand new nature through God's Holy Spirit, a regenerating work in my life, even that brand new me still struggled with sin. Anybody with me this morning? Even the new me, even the theological, theological understanding that my old man was dead and that I was a new man in Christ, I still struggled with sin. And I still struggle with sin. The old man is dead. He is. But I still struggle with my sin. We mentioned those main elements of how we are made up. And in both of them, whether you are a two-element person or a three-element person, we talked about the body. We spoke of how the soul and the spirit or the inner man was regenerated at salvation but there's still that body that we must deal with for the rest of our lives and that is where the term the flesh will come in for the remainder of this sermon by the way I'm going to say this before we even get there the flesh is not merely the tangible body we're getting there but I want to make sure we understand that before we even start on the final point. The flesh is not just your tangible body. Number three, the flesh wars with the new man. The flesh wars with the new man. Romans chapter 6, we're back. And verse 12. By the way, if you want to get this whole chunk of Romans 6, it's verses 4 through 14. That's the main crux of what we're speaking of. Therefore, we, after the two, therefore, so what have we just learned? The old man is dead. The new man is eternally alive. Therefore, because of that, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, flesh. That you should obey it in its lusts, flesh. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness, flesh, to sin. But present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law. Praise Jesus. 
but under grace. This flesh, this mortal body, struggles with sin. Steve McVeigh wrote a book called Grace Walk. I would recommend it to you. I can't give you a 100% recommendation on it, but I can give you a close to that. Uh, he says some things in there that will make you like, Whoa, like look like, did you really say that? But he helps to define the flesh in Grace Walk like this. The flesh are the techniques that we use to try to meet our needs independent of Jesus Christ. Leave that up for a second. The flesh are the techniques that we use to try to meet our needs independent of Jesus Christ as a believer. As a believer. Obviously as an unbeliever, but, but also as a believer. Simply put, the flesh attempts repeatedly to influence us to live a lifestyle that does not rely on Christ as its source. The flesh attempts repeatedly to influence us to live a lifestyle that does not rely on Christ as its source. So the flesh may manifest itself obviously in someone's life as in someone who would choose to commit adultery and and cheat on their spouse and 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 live in open sexual sin and that's you know that's the bad one we all talk about uh you know we we talk about sins like that but the flesh can also manifest itself uh, like this someone who eloquently teaches the bible in order to gain a sense of significance and affirmation from his bible teaching uh oh. That was me. The flesh can also manifest itself by playing an instrument on a worship team because when you get done and you walk off stage, somebody goes, Hey, that was awesome. That was great. The flesh can also be, I'm going to serve in the kids because when that mom comes and picks up her daughter or her son, she says, Hey, I really appreciate that. And man, you guys are just awesome. And it really gives me affirmation. Living in the flesh can be, I'm going to take my wife out on a date, we're going to go out to eat, and we're going to hang out because I really need her to validate me in this time of my life right now. You see, the flesh does not merely manifest itself in the obvious wrong that it causes. The flesh can also manifest itself in doing the right thing and the good thing with the wrong motive. Can I say that again? The flesh often manifests itself by doing the right thing or the good thing, but with the wrong motive. And here's the thing, every single one of you in here today, only you know. I don't know. Only you know. If even being here today, if you're operating in the flesh or in the spirit. Today, did you come to genuinely worship Jesus in church? Did you come to get to gather together with your brothers and sisters of Christ and lift his name up and, and hear him preach from his word and fellowship with his people? Or did you come today to check that box off? Or did you come today because it's become the social thing and you don't have many friends outside of here and this has just become where you come and you just kind of enjoy it? You see, this morning the flesh can manifest itself in areas that we justify. That we justify. 
And it's very important that we understand. Very important. Romans chapter 7, Paul deals with this. We're not going to turn there. But Paul takes a chunk of his writings in Romans chapter 7 to document the struggle. The struggle of the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, it seems like I continue to do. Anybody been there with Paul? Anybody this morning? I'm there. I've been there. Man, I don't want to do that. And I keep on doing it. And I don't want to do that. I can't stop. That struggle, that struggle, that is classic biblical struggle that Galatians chapter 5, where we're heading next, tells us about. And that struggle is the spirit warring against the flesh. That is the struggle. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit, the new man, the new nature, the Holy Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. Paul in Romans chapter 7. But if you are led by the spirit. You are not under the law. The flesh. Versus the spirit. The flesh. Versus the spirit. So I will, I will give that old preacher his illustration. But let me clarify it. Inside of you are two dogs. One of them is the Holy Spirit of God. And he is way more powerful infinitely than the other one. And that is the flesh. However, if you continue to feed your flesh... Your flesh will continue to grow inside of you. He will never displace the spirit, but he will continue to grow and manifest himself inside of you. So I'll give you the illustration, but I've got, I can't say the old man versus the new man. Those two dogs are the spirit, the new man, and the flesh. Redeemed Josh is not warring against unredeemed Josh unredeemed Josh is dead saved Josh is not warring against unsaved Josh because unsaved Josh is dead by the way that's also this is great teaching on if you've been raised where you you can lose your salvation this is also great teaching when you were saved your who you were was crucified dead okay dead redeemed and saved Josh being filled with and led by the Holy Spirit as a new person in Christ is warring against the flesh. The techniques that Josh tries to create, use to meet my own needs independent of Jesus Christ. I am warring against the ideas in my head that say you can do it without Jesus. I am warring saying that I can get up here today and open this Bible and preach this book without Jesus. I am warring today that I can have this marriage and our family and our daughters and I can lead the way that I'm supposed to lead independent of Jesus. And let me tell you something, talented people, 
let me tell you something, people that have been in the game long enough, if we're not careful, we can fall into this. And here's how it manifests itself often. You know, I just burn out. I just burn out. And certainly, we need breathers and breaks every now and then. This week, I'm taking a breather and a break. We were leaving for Disney World on Thursday. Y'all pray for us. We call it, we lovingly call it uh, our South Campus, Keystone South. So we will, we will be there. I need a break every now and then. But listen, that burnout, that spiritual burnout, spiritual burnout often is caused by someone who was operating in the spirit. And over time, man, they, they used to lead up here and they used to sing. And it was, it was all about Jesus. And then, and then they started, the flesh started working and the flesh started working and it became all about them or it became all about someone else in the audience or it became all about or I would get up here and preach and God to you be the glory for everything that's said here God nothing else matters but you and and what you think and God I want to glorify you and please you in preaching and instead man when I get done with this as I'm walking outside you know maybe there'll be someone who walks up to me and goes hey man that was really good I really needed that never thought about that and I and I feel I can quickly move from operating in the spirit to operating in the flesh very quickly and very easily. So why does all this matter? What did it teach me and how did it change my life? As as I said, we're teaching it and then how it changed my life is kind of, is just related to it. But here's the life altering truth that the Holy Spirit led me through. When we sin as a believer, Okay? When we sin as a believer, we are acting in opposition to who we are with our new nature. Let that truth sink in deeply. When we sin, obviously as a believer, as a follower of Christ, we are actually acting in opposition to our new nature, who we are at our core, our spirit level, because that is now the Holy Spirit. What are we operating in? When we sin, we are operating in accordance with our flesh. The idea is that we can get by without Jesus. When we give in to the flesh and we sin, we are acting against our new nature. Who we truly are. Second, life-altering truth. That is closely related. When we sin as believers, of course, and followers of Christ, we can no longer, and this was me, this was Josh Cox, we can no longer use the excuse, that's just the way I am. Here was one that I used. That's just how I'm wired. That's just me. I spout off without thinking. That's just who I am. I just say whatever and then think about it later. Just who I am. I get angry when things don't go my way. I I lash out verbally in anger. That's just who I am. Modern identity. That's who I am. You adjust to me. Because this is who I am. Everybody around me adjust to me, walk on those eggshells, because I'm angry. Anybody been there? That's me. That's just who I am. Hey, listen, 
Here's a good one. My dad was that way. My brothers were that way. My cousins are that way. We're all just that way. That's who we are. And you know what I've done? I've used excuses like that to justify sin in my life. But it's simply not true. You are a brand new creation. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, I can no longer justify my sin with my sinful nature. It's just who I am. Because my sinful nature is dead. I may be acting like old Josh, but there is a new Josh now. And the sin that I am now taking part in in my life is working against my new nature and my new identity in Christ. You're new. So when I struggle with sin, I don't, tell, I don't give myself a pass and say, oh, Josh, you've always struggled with that. That's just what it is. It is what it is. No, now when I sin, I say, God, according to your word, I'm acting against who you have created me to be now in my new nature. And God, please guide me. Lead me because I don't want to act in a way that causes friction between who you have now created me to be and my flesh. I don't want to, no, I don't want that friction. God, change me. God, help me to walk in the Spirit. Help me to walk as that new man who's been made alive is supposed to walk. Help me to walk as that new man who has been resurrected is supposed to walk. Help me to walk as that new man with the new nature in Jesus has now been activated in my life. Help me to walk as if that is the truth. Why does that matter to our identity? Because we have put on the identity of Christ and the spirit life. New man in Christ this morning. New woman in Christ this morning. Can I say as Paul did to the church at Galatia walk in the spirit what does that mean Josh that I will tell you what it means to me walking is a physical action it's in movement so I believe it to be a fluid thing that means that every step of my day the rest of the day today and tomorrow and Tuesday and throughout next week I'm in communication As I walk along life's path, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me. Holy Spirit, I'm about to interact with with Jamie. and God, help me to interact as you would have me to do. God, I'm going to lunch tomorrow with my cousin. and Holy Spirit, would you just lead my thoughts? And God, make me be more like you. And help me to just, as I interact with my cousin tomorrow, just, God, just help me to be living in this new life. God, next week as I interact and I spend more time with my wife and my children and we're together all the time, God, I pray that you'd help the, part, the, the areas of my life where I get frustrated with my daughters. I'm just 
where, where I get frustrated. I'm like, God, would you help me as I spend more time with them and I'm around them more? God, Holy Spirit, would you please help me to say the words that you would have me to say? And Holy Spirit, would you completely remove the words that I should never say to my daughters when I get frustrated? That's what it looks like to walk in the Spirit. It looks like this. It looks like, I think I mentioned this Tuesday night in our connect group. It looks like something as simple as, God, I'm about to walk into Harris Teeter. Rest in peace, Kroger. I'm about to walk into Harris Teeter, spend more money than I used to when I went to Kroger, by the way. Anyway, sorry, that's my, just my little gripe this morning. That's not in the scripture, but it should have been. All right, anyway, I'm about to walk into Harris Teeter, and God, I don't know who I'm going to see. I don't know if I'm going to know anybody in there or not. I don't, I don't know, but God, whatever interaction that I have as I walk through here, God, would you help me to make sure that I respond and I treat people with kindness as I walk through the grocery store and do what I do best, pick out food? God, would you help me as I go to work tomorrow? And I think I've said this before. God, that, that lady or that man that I work with sits over in the other cubicle. God, you know that they know how to push my buttons. God, you know that they... God, will you please remove my buttons? God, when they try, would your spirit just cover me? God, when, when things are going... Walk in the spirit. I think it goes very synonymous with pray without ceasing. Walk in Keystone Church. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That sin that you're struggling with privately, men and women, the private sins of our lives that we think no one else knows about, would I, can I ask you this week, when temptation is coming your way, when your flesh is beginning to take over, that you walk in the Spirit. You say, Holy Spirit, this is my most vulnerable time. This is the sin, whatever it is. Maybe it's some addiction that no one knows about. Maybe it's, maybe it's, it's something that, some thought life problem that you have. God, this is the most, you know, Holy Spirit, please take over take over because I don't want my flesh to take over. Please take over. Walk in the Spirit. Seek Him every day. Stay in consistent communication with the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your mind throughout every day of your life. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Your old man is dead. Your new man is alive eternally in Christ. And so we're left with our new man to war against our flesh. The spirit versus the flesh. So that when we sin, we can't blame ourselves and our nature and that's just who we are and that's just the way I am. No, you're a new creation. You're a new creature and when we sin, we're acting against. Have you ever thought about it? How can God look at me and, Tim, how can God look at me and see no sin? Because I look at me and I see all the sin. This is a theological truth of the old man is dead, the new man has come. Walk as a new man, as a new woman in the spirit. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. 
For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.